Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Just three hours until Jets-Bills kick off tonight, Monday Night Football. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff have been reacting to everything yeah. happening yesterday. Now we got to... Turn the page, look ahead to tonight. Isn't it funny? All that Aaron Rodgers hype. It's been a summer of Aaron Rodgers. It's died down the last couple of weeks. Dion stole a little of the thunder, That's I true. think. Then we had week one. I feel like the Aaron Rodgers mania calmed down for some reason. Well, just wait five minutes because it's about to get ratcheted up. And but depending- if they lose, though, people are going to forget about it. They go against the Cowboys next week. And I don't know. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers can keep this going. Well, you guys know that I, you know, grew up rooting for the Buffalo Bills. You know, I love my Bills. I think this is going to be a tough spot for the Bills. So I actually think you're going to get a lot of Aaron Rodgers hype after this. Jets always play the Bills very tough, even when their quarterbacks stink. So to now have Aaron Rodgers at the helm, the defense is able to, you know, get to Josh Allen. He was sacked like eight times the last time they played. It was really tough. And I anticipate this is going to be a big night for the Jets. So, you're worried about that Jets hype? I wouldn't worry that long. Because the Ooh. Cowboys whitewashed the Giants last night 40 to nothing on Sunday night football. Giants defense looked amazing. Uh offense did enough. Uh, didn't Cowboys, turn the, defense, uh, looked, Cowboys yeah. defense, excuse me, looked amazing. Giants defense, not so much. Um that Giants defense didn't have a chance. Didn't really do much. Uh <laughs> Cowboys defense looked amazing. Offense didn't turn yeah. the ball over, which is exactly what you want in a bad weather game, is just run the ball effectively. And I think you're going to be setting up for a massive, massive week two, Dallas and the Jets. Right, but we're getting ahead be, of ourselves. That'll be a game huge. I mean, listen, the Cowboys beating the Giants reminds me of what year was that that the Cowboys beat the Giants on the opening Sunday night game? Oh, yeah, every year. And then what <laughs> happens at the end of the year? Yeah. The Cowboys somehow disappoint. So you're putting them number one. You did pick them to go to the Super Bowl, which I like. I actually, I have to be honest, I have them going pretty far, too. Yeah. But I do feel like the the thing with the Cowboys is they can look great in week one. They can look great in week two. Come on, Mike McCarthy. Show me something in the playoffs. They're built, you know, the right way. Defense and running. But week one did not show me that, Meg. It was pouring rain. Well, I know. You love to blame the weather. I don't because both teams have to play in it. And I think it's a testament to who you are, the type of coaching you have, all that. How do you handle the elements? Like, you mentioned before this wild game where it was super windy between the Bills and the Patriots and Mac Jones threw the ball yeah. three times and they won. Well, that's brilliant coaching. Well, that's right. Yeah, but it didn't mean anything. The Patriots went on to go like nine and eight or something. And they, the Bills, they made the playoffs. Yeah, the, wasn't that the 13th second year? The Bills should have won yeah. the Super Bowl that year. It didn't show anything about their character that they lost some fluke game in the wind. No, but I do think, listen, I think the things with the Cowboys that we already knew, which is that the defense is going to be good slash great, I think did look like the best defense in the NFL. Now, the 49ers are going to give them a run there, and I know your Eagles are also going to give them a run, but right now, I thought the Cowboys looked the best. Okay, forget all that. Let's see Dak Prescott under pressure when it matters. Does that interception problem come back? He was thrown into a crowd. I mean, he looked good. He always looks good, but will he make mistakes? Like, the real questions are ahead for the Cowboys, for all these teams. It's week one. Uh, I will tell you one thing about the Eagles. Man, Jalen Carter... 
Wow. Yeah, looking really mean, good. That is. But we knew he was going to look good. He could have been know. the number one overall. Well, pick. they took this kid, Jordan Davis, out of Georgia the year before, who was also like supposed to be a physically dominant player. He did nothing last year. But Jalen Carter stood out amongst all those Super Bowl defenders. So I'm not. I know the Eagles game was closer. I still was very impressed. Uh, so listen, you're right. I think those three defenses are outstanding. But the Giants. Anyone says you think that Cowboys defense is better than the Niners? I heard some people saying that today. What the, the Niners defense is the best great. in the league? They looked great as well. I mean, going across the country, had Nick Bosa looked completely dominant against a Pittsburgh team that was awesome in the preseason. Goes to show what the preseason means, which is a whole lot of nothing. And they held Pickens in check. They were great against the run. They were just awesome in every facet. Right. By the way, you did. We're about to do what we did wrong. You had one right that I am. Uh, there's one call you had that I'm kind of into right now. <laughs> oh yeah, Miles Garrett as Defensive Player of the Year Thank for Cleveland. Thank you. Yes. But listen, he had this one play where he pretended he was playing basketball. Right, he was doing a fake crossover dribble. Then he storms past his man and just kills Joe Burrow. But then again, T.J. Watt, T.J. Watt's a force of nature on Pittsburgh too. He uh, he had three sacks and a uh, a strip sack. There's so many great defenders right now. Micah Parsons, they're probably just going to hand Micah Parsons the award after four weeks. There's so so many great defensive stars right now. Again, maybe an overreaction to week one where the defenses have an edge, but that is going to be a really fun chase. There are dominant pass rushers in today's NFL. All right, time to get to what we got wrong. Even we can't be right all the time. Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Time for Maggie and Perloff to own up. Well, even Perloff and I are wrong occasionally. (laughs) When we say occasionally, we mean, well, it does happen from time to time. So we're going to own up to the things we were most wrong about this weekend. And for me, Perloff, it was about the Denver Broncos. I thought you were going to get Sean Payton at least out of the gate. It was going to look really good. I thought you were going to get the week one new coach bump where we see some things we haven't seen before and everyone looks rejuvenated and we did not get that at all. Instead, we got Sean Payton and his ego trying to do an onside kick to start the game, hearkening back to the glory days of the Super Bowl 44 when they beat the Colts. It backfired and not a ton went right after that. It was a close game, but... We well, I mean, they were that, leading until the fourth quarter. I know. We thought that the Raiders... I know, but I thought the offense was going to look good. This I offense thought, looked fine. They put up 16 points. What do you think of Russell, though? I was actually weirdly encouraged by the way Russell played. Uh, it looked better than last year. Yeah, Can it looked better that? than last year. It looked like he was running a little bit of a Drew Brees offense. Now, the problem is the receivers are all hurt. Hamler's yep. out for the year. Judy's hurt. Uh, Russell was 27 for 34, 177 yards, two TDs, no picks. He just can't run anymore. No, he can't. And he was getting chased down. First game with Sean Payton, maybe give him a little time to get more comfortable. That was an okay start. The problem was the Raiders offensively were by far the better team. Like Devontae Adams uh, and Josh Jacobs. Wait, are they good, Maggie? Maybe (laughs) this wasn't a bad loss by Sean Payton. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, it's a division game, so you maybe always have to take that with a grain of salt. But I did not think that the Raiders were going to be very good. I failed to think about the Jimmy Garoppolo is actually healthy, usually in week (laughs) one. I'm like, dang, why? Darn it. Why did I I, uh, disrespect Jimmy G? But you, you, that was one of your breaks. Did you think you had that bet won most of the game? I, I was sure... I was sure the Broncos were going to win that because there were so many occasions where Josh McDaniels was handing the ball away. 
I, I thought the Broncos were going to win. but I So I don't think you were that wrong on that. That's all I'm saying. Pretty wrong. What would you get wrong? This okay. Time? I don't know if I said anything about this, but there's one result that blew me away. What's I that? couldn't believe it. What happened to the Seahawks? What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, what on know. earth happened to the Seattle Seahawks against the Los Angeles Rams? I understand Sean McVay sort of has Pete Carroll's number. But, okay, maybe they lose. But all of a sudden, the Rams are throwing to guys... I I think they were making up some of these names. I've never heard of these people. And the Rams look like the old Rams. That, to me, I I wouldn't have predicted that in a million years. I was so confident about my Seahawks playoff pick coming this year. Yeah. I debated, should I put them or the Niners to win the NFC West? And now I have no idea what to think because the Rams really blew them away there. That game wasn't even as close as, I think it was 30-13. That shocked me. Puka. Puka's the new Puka star. I knew all about him. Yes, you, did you know, know I know because our buddy Jim Nagy, who's senior bowl director, has been on the Puka Nakua bandwagon since last January. He said this is going to be one of the best receivers, fifth round pick out of BYU. Right? He was great, but it wasn't just that. Stafford was amazing. Stafford, Stafford was, was twenty four for thirty eight for three hundred and thirty four yards, but did not pass for a touchdown in this game yeah. and did not throw any picks. That's because some kid named Keon Williams was like a bolt of lightning out of the backfield for the touchdowns. That's another one. I feel bad because I was wrong about the Seahawks, but maybe I was more wrong about the Rams. Well, I think the Rams are dealing with a little bit of what I was talking about with the Raiders. This is as fully healthy as they're going to okay. be. No Cooper Cup, obviously. He's on IR. But in terms of Stafford, like this is as healthy as Stafford's going to be to begin the season. What do we think is going to happen? Do you think Stafford's playing 16 games? No, but I mean, you just said it. No Cooper Cup. I know, but no cup, but like, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think have, they're just going to start dropping here. I'm still not week. a believer in the Rams. It was a great week for old guys like Stafford, Aaron Donald, almost murdered Geno Smith. Uh, all the old guys in Tampa Bay. It was, old guys unite. It was a great week one. <laughs> Everyone's feeling limber. It's warm uh, out. You Aaron know? Donald's like, yeah, I'm <laughs> still in the NFL. Loose. Remember me? <laughs> Aaron Donald shoved this one poor, poor guy trying to tackle him. Just, uh, it looked like I was trying to block him. So anyway, I was wrong about the Rams. What else? Uh, geez, do I have to share more? <laughs> oh, I, I don't like? know. How many are we doing? Um, I was wrong. I, I didn't think that, let's see. What I else have another I, one. Yeah, another go one. ahead, please. Uh, so I was sort of wrong about the Steelers, but if you actually pour through the tape from last week. Sort of wrong. No, I said the Steelers were going to lose this opening game to the Niners. And I'm totally positive that that means nothing because it does. it gets nothing but easier for the Steelers. They just have to survive a couple tough games, and then it's easy street. They have the easiest schedule in that division, here's the thing with Mike Tomlin teams. They sometimes are way better by the end of the season. So I'm not panicking at all. You might say I was wrong. I was actually impressed that they didn't give up like the Giants did. So they're, they're three-point favorites at Cleveland this week. Then they get at Vegas, at Houston, Baltimore, I don't know who's good. At the Chargers, I don't know if they're good. They have, uh, they have uh, Arizona on the schedule, the Colts on the schedule. I'm telling you, they are going to have a winning record with Mike Tomlin. And you know why I know that? Because Mike Tomlin always has a winning record. I refuse to admit I'm wrong here. Well, this is just fessing up from the first weekend. I'll also fess up. I have not been a big Jordan Love supporter. And yeah. I thought that he I thought he looked good. He did. The stat line's not gonna blow you away, but he looked competent. The Bears are not competent, yeah. so maybe it was a little bit of that, but listen, you continue the dominance over the Bears, and I was I was wrong about Jordan. Well, I need Jordan Love to be a 10-time Pro Bowler. That's what I think is going to happen <laughs> yeah. here. So it's premature. Day. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's Green Bay. That's what they do. Favre to Rodgers to Love. 
I, I think it's going to be like that. I don't know yet. Uh, I, you say you're on the love bandwagon. That means you got to be with me. You got to be all in. You got to be all in. I this guy's ten years of dominance <laughs> in Lambo. Are you ready to make that leap, Maggie? Last one. I'm not ready to make the leap. Last one about this is I was a little skeptical about how YouTube TV was going to handle week one yeah. here, and I thought it actually was was really good. There are a couple nitpicks that I have on the new you know, way that we can watch football out of market mm. games, if that's your thing. But I, I overall thought it was a good product. Yeah, I thought it was totally fine. Little frustrating. There were so many games on TV that were blacked out on Sunday Ticket yep. because there was two doubleheaders because it's Week One. That's not always going to be a problem. I had a big TV victory. Yes, Spectrum. I am a Spectrum cable. Yeah, Charter. Uh, Charter communications. So I've been uh, spectrum cable for a few years now, ever since I got rid of direct TV and did not have ESPN for the last month. So this weekend I got FUBU TV so I could watch Texas, Alabama. Nice. Very good. But I'm glad to have cable back because I need to flip with nine different games going on. You know, this is funny. It's like the next generation of people who only are cord cutters. Yeah. They just know nothing about channel surfing. Like channel surfing is going the way of the rotary phone. So Mike Samter explained to me that there is an add-on with all these apps where you can basically mimic channel surfing, where you could go up and down. Is that true, or am I making this up? Well, I was telling you that I may or may not have found a way to oh. watch games when I'm not supposed to be able to oh. watch games. But, yeah, we can go with that. Oh. <laughs> this is Mike toggling from illegal stream to illegal stream to illegal stream. <laughs> Brilliant. It's not illegal if my IP says I'm in Germany. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Guten Tag, Samter. Uh, yeah, because late Saturday afternoon, I was trying to figure out what game was on because all the games were delayed by rain. Yes. And then I was, or maybe, it might have been a night. So I'm trying to watch Alabama, Texas. Then I noticed there's this one score that I keep on seeing out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Texas Tech beating Oregon? Huh. Wait, what is it? Why is Oregon <laughs> on my mind? I'm like, oh, no. Did Maggie jinx the Oregon Ducks? How nervous were you on Saturday about Oregon having to fight for their life against Tyler Schuff and Texas Tech. Extremely <laughs> nervous. So on Friday, I picked my college football team that I'm going to be rooting for this season. It was a little delayed because of some shipping things, whatever. And I ended up taking the Oregon Ducks. I'm riding with the Ducks this year. We've got a big audience in Oregon. I want to ride with the Ducks. And I thought if they lose to Texas Tech right oh, after I declared my allegiance, I'd blame me. I mean, I'm looking to blame anyone I can. <laughs> I was nervous. Yeah, that was but actually. my Ducks pulled it out. That was a great game. It was. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it's just, you know, on the road in college football early in the season, anything could happen. Especially North Carolina it. App State was one of, which is, I guess, is always a close game. A double but overtime. For that North was Carolina. amazing. I love these. You know, I don't like when it, I try to, I was <laughs> I was telling a friend, I was trying to watch Penn State, Delaware. He's like, why bother? Like, <laughs> the you, score was like 65 to 7. Yeah, I mean, your team, Oregon, won 81 7 the first week. I do not like these cupcake games, but when they go awry and it's close, oh, it's so much fun. Samter, yeah. I'm just curious if you were watching the Ducks game in your duck suit. Well, I mean, the Ducks sitting at home quack, quack, quacking <laughs> the, all day long. The duck suit lives in the office because it serves such a vital purpose for this show. Hmm. Uh, do I have a second duck suit is what it you're sounds asking. Like, it sounds like Joe Burrow. I'm not making excuses, but... <laughs> but I, I'm not saying I wasn't wearing the suit, but the suit lives at the studio. I'm wondering who... Do people put it on when I'm not around? <laughs> I what? have seen 
you mean like Perloff war, but that's okay. I mean, Perloff's part of the show. Do you mean in an erotic sense? Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> Please, God, no. And break. <laughs> I hope no one's putting out it. Quack, all, quack. <laughs> who's getting t- turned on by a duck? I don't want to know the Another answer. Another duck. Oh, God. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ah. I mean, why is somebody going to be creeping around wearing that that costume unless, you know, it's something weird? It's <laughs> they're like some kind of furry. Oh, boy. Anyway, we've got breaking news from the NFL. This one's big. We'll get to it in just a moment. After this quick, quick break, we're back with NFL news. Don't move. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. All right, Maggie, you promised NFL breaking news. Give it to us. All right. This one comes from Adam Schefter and Kansas City Chiefs fans. Perk up here. Chris Jones, well, he's come to an agreement with the Kansas City Chiefs to return to the team. So he's in the last year of his deal. He becomes a free agent after this season. So no new years have been added to the deal. So there's no extension, according to Adam Schefter, but he has received multiple incentives to earn considerably more money this season. That's according to sources that I believe are his agents. So, Got to make you wonder, was it all worth it for Chris Jones and the team was, I, I don't I don't totally get this. So he didn't even get New Year's nope. and he had to miss week one and he's probably going to be out of shape for week two. And all of preseason yeah, I, where you get fined and I don't think they f- can forgive those fines. I hate being, I hate signing with uh, owners when it's it comes tough, to holdouts. It's a tough spot to be in. But... This Chris Jones one, and the fact that he was at the stadium, just it was all a bad look. And it makes you wonder, like, can can the Chiefs totally recover from this? Probably. It's early in the season. But it's definitely a bad vibe and a bad feeling going to this, especially with Travis Kelsey here. And then a really good Jacksonville team coming up. It just makes me worried. Well, listen, they lost to Detroit in a nail-biter. Yeah. They lose 21-20. Now you're going at Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, while they did sort of let Indianapolis hang around maybe a little too much for your liking yesterday. Well, losing most of the game. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, you still had some really nice moments from Trevor Lawrence. Like, he looked great. And so I would want to have, you know, and, and Travis Etienne. Uh, I would want to have Chris Jones back, too. Absolutely. I do think there are two superstars on the Chiefs defense. I think Nick Bolton's now a superstar too. So you have, I thought the Chiefs actually played pretty well in defense. I mean, the Lions only scored two offensive touchdowns. Yep. So I, I think that Kansas City might be okay there, but just just it's wrong. I can't explain why. I don't love this. Well, yeah, it's like, I guess they're saying considerable incentives. Like, so is he going to make, what, $10 million more? I don't even he's know. he's probably going to get, he's probably lost $10 million just by virtue of all the fines and not playing week one. Well, so the thing is, Maybe when he signed million, the deal four you know years, I mean. yeah, when he signed the deal four years ago, he was the highest paid defensive tackle in the year. Four years isn't that long. He was, had a base salary of 19.5 this year. Yep. Was it really an appropriate holdout situation? I'm not sure it was. Well, the fact that he didn't get any new deals and he's 30 years old, or he's going to be 30, he's 29, like, I'm sure he wanted a little more security. But Uh, it's only week one, so maybe we've, this could be by December, we forgot this even happened. 
Maybe. I mean, if the Chiefs are making another run, and I know that, listen, they already won a Super Bowl without Tyree Kill, but now with Kelsey Hurt, wow. <laughs> and you watch Hill go off for 200 yards receiving yesterday. But, yeah, oh, know, but boy. What happens? Do you put Kadarius Tony out there in week two? You have to because... Really? Yeah, I think so. You don't want his confidence to take a hit. I don't know if that's even possible with this guy. He is like a totally different bird. But yeah, he's out there ripping the Giants. Dude, no offense, but you're worse than anyone on the Giants. Well, yeah, he was ripping the Giants on social media last night because the Giants fans rip him and were ripping him for how he performed on Thursday night. Because he's a former first round draft pick for the Giants who got traded away. You have so many receivers. You have so many average receivers on this team. Just throw out one of the other guys. I would not play Tony again. Uh, Chris Jones, you're right. For Jacksonville against Trevor Lawrence, this is a savior. Without him, I don't think they'd have a chance. I, I'm still very nervous about them. And it's fun, funny. You pick Jacksonville. That's your AFC team. It is. I have uh, Jacksonville and Dallas meeting in the Super Bowl. I feel a little better about that pick after week one. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know. Jacksonville, I was a little bit I was hot and cold on them. I didn't know what to make of them. It felt like they were going to lose that game. Well, listen, on the road, you're playing a divisional yeah. opponent. You're not sure what to expect with Anthony Richardson. Yes. There's like no tape on this guy. That's a great point. I, I I think it was fine. Again, took a little longer to put him away than you would have hoped, but... Yeah, ETN looked like he was shot out of a cannon on a couple of runs. He looked great. And also, did you see where he ran downfield and blocked for Calvin Ridley? He is a, a special player. What? I can't wait for that game, by the way. That gets us to a new segment we're calling... Three, two, one, touchdown! Here we go. All right. Three highlights from Sunday that we're going to bring to you in a segment we're calling three, two, one, touchdown. So let's start with our third highlight, and that is Travis Etienne from Jacksonville. Here's what it sounded like. Running play. This is Etienne. Tries to bounce it outside. He's got a little bit of room. 20, 15-yard line. Travis Etienne in the end zone! Touchdown! They have extended the lead! How good is that? <laughs> Real good, Frank. Frank Frangi calling that on Jaguars Radio Network. Yeah, I love Travis Etienne. I, I like, and I love Calvin Ridley looked like a speed demon. He was like great, Like no too. time had been missed. Yeah, he looked even better than I remembered. Yeah, this offense is a, is a lot of fun. You know, the defense did not blow me away, but... I, get, I love your point about there's no tape. How would you know how to prepare for Anthony Richardson? Number two in our 3-2-1 touchdown, someone we did not think we'd be talking about today, Perloff, and that is Baker Mayfield. Low snap, caught by Mayfield, whoops, Mayfield, the dart, caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay, it's Trey Palmer. Palmer, the rookie, breaks a 10-10 tie. Great throw by Baker Mayfield, thrown a little low, and Palmer does his thing again. Little surprising on this one, maybe. I mean, to go in and upset the Minnesota Vikings, that was Gene Deckerhoff on Buccaneers Radio Network. And this one was not the prettiest football game you're going to watch, but Baker Mayfield, 21 for 34, 173 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, this is one of those games where you have no idea what to make of it. Like, what what the Vikings or the Bucks are going to do in week two is anyone's guess. Yeah, it's a big win. It means they're probably not tanking this year. Baker's tough. I will give him that. He is. He we got a very crucial the, third down yeah. that he ran for. Yep. Yeah. I, I, and, it, and again, we said it coming in the year. The bones of the Super Bowl team are still there, and some of those guys make big plays like Mike Evans. You will not. The, we need a new Bermuda Triangle because we talk about Derek yeah. Carr as the Bermuda Triangle. It's now Kirk Cousins as the Bermuda Triangle they're, because they're basically the same guy. I guess so. But like 17 points, but these numbers, 33 for 44 for 344 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. 
and Justin Jefferson has nine catches for 150 yards, and they lose. Yeah, that whole the pick, terrible. That whole series at the end zone was really, really bad. The one I don't know if you saw the video. Yeah, Cousins was going nuts about it afterwards. Might even lost uttered, two fumbles. Might even uttered a profanity. Yeah, the <gasps> Vikings. The Vikings w- once again find the banana peel. They're not going to win every close game like they did last year. Those teams are both very, very average. They're both <laughs> going to be right around eight. Well, nine, average nine eight. for you know the Buccaneers might win them the NFC South. <laughs> very well, could, it could be. be a playoff team. Yep. Uh, okay, number one. This is so Perloff can do a little victory dance. Here's Puka Nakua. Stafford, top of his drop, pressure from his blind side, throws it right side, and it's caught. Caught near midfield. Puka Nakua going out of bounds. The rookie's over 100 yards in his debut. 20 yards on the game, 118 on the day. And that was J.B. Long, Rams Radio Network. So our buddy Jim Nagy, who's the executive director of the Senior Bowl, who scouts all these guys really, really well, going on and on about Puka Nakua. And he's got a great story at BYU, a do-everything guy there. So I I mentioned him in a segment this spring. Had not thought about him again until Sunday. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, there's Puka Nakua going off. Oh, there's Tutu Atwell. This is the most fun team I've ever seen. If you told me Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell were going to torch the Seahawks, I would not have believed it, but that was fun to watch. So Tutu Atwell with the six catches for 119 yards and Puka with 10 catches for also 119 yards. I mean... It was really, I mean, the touchdowns were, you know, Cam Akers and, and Kyron Williams, but Stafford had a day, and now do we have to look at the Rams a little bit differently? I, I thought definitely this was a team that was looking at the number one overall pick. Now, their schedule gets a little tough here. San Francisco next week, mm. then at Cincinnati, at Indianapolis, then your Eagles, Arizona, then Pittsburgh, then Dallas. You get a little mixed bag. Well, I mean, you got Arizona in your your division. You're yeah, going to have right. to be really bad to get below them. So I don't think they're going to be in the mix for number one, which actually, when you think about it, Sean McVay doesn't seem like the tanking kind of coach because he's so intense. I and know, you have, but you're you're there, and it's like, well, if we just have one bad season that no one's going to remember, we could set ourselves up for the next 10 years. It's too enticing even for the most, you know, fiercest uh you know, fiercely competitive coaches. But yeah, but you can't you can't have a Sean McVay Matthew Stafford connection if, if if they stay healthy at all. They're way too good. And then you have Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. That's not an ingredient for tanking. Look at Arizona. Arizona Washington looked like a college game, like a <laughs> mid level college game, not even a high level college game. I thought I was watching like I don't know like Houston the, against the Rice AAC. Yes, <laughs> it was so bizarre. Both quarter. Well, Josh Jobs looked like a quarterback. Sam Howell looked like a college quarterback. I don't know what was going on there. I think the Rams are are much more interesting than that. I don't think that they've solved everything. They still have a lot of no names, but I, I I'm very curious, even against harder teams, how they match up. Uh, in the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. I like this from RPC, who said, I feel like Baker was born too late. He would have killed in the old school NFL. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think well the, the old school NFL would never allow a short quarterback on the field. That's true. But if he did make it on, he would be great. Like, he would have been a good Buffalo Bills quarterback right around the Jack Kemp era <laughs> yeah. in the 70s. Or way back, yeah. Or Joe Ferguson type. I feel like he'd be a good cold-weather 70s quarterback. Now, Jeffrey Howell in the chat said Jefferson coming into Philly is going to be trouble. So that's Philly and Minnesota playing Thursday night, right? Yeah, four Prime days time. rest. I'm glad that's at home. I would think, and I don't have any numbers on this, that four days rest, the home team has to have an advantage. Although Philly has to come back 
from a later game in Foxborough. I mean, I'm it doesn't matter because Kirk Cousins can't play a game at night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Prime time is a real, real trouble for that guy. Yeah, I, I have to be honest. Nervous. Nervous for the Vikings? Yeah. I, I, I can't put you my finger. You blew them away last year. But the Eagles are clearly in the middle of a Super Bowl hangover. Nick Sirianni said it was the lack of preseason games that is why the Eagles look discombobulated. Yeah, and also they You know wa- who's responsible for whether or not someone plays in the preseason, right, Coach? Yeah, the head coach. <laughs> yeah, but they lost both coordinators. That's That has been on my mind, especially Shane Steichen, who looked really good in Indianapolis. So Brian Johnson takes over. I'm nervous. So you got uh, Matt but, Patricia hey, as your Wiley. defensive uh, helper. Why are you asking me, by the way, if I'm nervous? The Bills could be 17-point favorites, and you're like on the edge of your seat worrying. I know. Two and a half hours until Monday Night Football kicks off. Uh, we want to hear from you. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We've got our picks for tonight's game. Samter's got his Mark Sanchez jersey on that huh? he's converted into it a Mikko Hardman. clearly says Mikko Hardman. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Honestly, the fact they didn't retire Sanchez's number is... <laughs> To, I mean, they would never do it. I know that. But he is the last quarterback that got them to back-to-back AFC championship games. No, no, now, no, it no, wasn't no, no, for no. him. It was kind of in spite of him. But. He, Yeah, exactly. He was the quarterback on the field when they went yeah. to the back-to-back. He didn't get them there. No, he was very good no. at handing the ball off. No, he... I, and by the way, I always liked Mark Sanchez. I thought he got a little unfair rap after the butt fumble. But it shows you... <laughs> a little. That's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. When you something goes wrong to the Jets, it gets amplified. So I worry if, if they lose tonight, people are going to be really upset. But it's a really good team, Buffalo. The, the hype train has its downside, Maggie. Same <laughs> with Dion. If Dion eventually loses, people are going to completely overreact. Well, I don't think Dion's going to lose to Colorado State. No. What happens against Oregon and then USC? And I think they're going to hang with, I think the Buffaloes are going to hang with both of them. Yeah, Oregon, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. USC is... You can score on USC. You can score on USC, right? But how do they... Yeah, I, listen, I'm done discounting Dion and the Buffalo. <laughs> You're probably right. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. All right, coming up, we do have our picks for the Monday night game. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question today, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tonight's question comes from Bill in Wyoming. Maggie, big game tonight. What are you expecting from your Bills against the Jets? You can submit a question by tweeting it at CBS Sports Radio or at Maggie and Pearl using the hashtag Ask the Pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. What are you hearing? Well, you can see behind me that it's been 21 days since I had a meltdown about the Buffalo Bills, and it probably is going to end at 21 days. I imagine (laughs) tonight's going to be extremely frustrating because the Jets always play the Bills really tough, even when the Bills are playing against a quarterback that sucks on the Mm. Jets. So I'm expecting... Maybe maybe this will work in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) Jets have a good quarterback. The Bills will show up. I don't think it's going to work like that. Uh, I expect the Rodgers... Over one and a half touchdowns to cash. I think they're really going to try to play into this. I expect the rushing props for the Jets to cash. The Brees Hall, I believe it's like 32 and a half yards. And Dalvin Cook is something like 43 and a half, something like that. I got to find it here on DraftKings. But I expect the, the, the rushing props to cash. And for the Bills, they got to try to find a way to stop the run. And I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. 
Hmm. So well, what about? Have- I mean, all that being said, you still have Josh Allen. You still have. You know he's going to run like crazy yep. because he's going to want to look good in this game. So uh, Josh Allen putting his body on the line game will always be interesting. I don't know if he, if Josh Allen even tries to look good running the ball. It's more about the deep bomb passes to Diggs and to Gabe Davis, and I'm I'm curious. You know how Sauce Gardner is going to do on dig. So, oh, well, maybe the Buffalo Bills will establish the run early, like they're no. <laughs> yeah. uh, is kidding. this like my fantasy land? Um, <laughs> so, um, to be honest, I'm actually expecting the Jets to win this opener. I'm expecting the Jets hype to get crazy, but Samter and I do have a bet going. Just simple, Samter in his Mark Sanchez jersey. Miko Hardman. Me <laughs> not wearing my Bill stuff today because I didn't want to look too much like a homer. Jinx. And lunch tomorrow. So loser buys lunch. By the way, does anyone? I saw Nicole Hardman on Hard Knocks or something. I was like, oh my gosh, when did they get McCole Hardman? That that totally went under the radar. The Chiefs need him. The Jets don't need him. <laughs> the Jets have Lazard and Garrett Wilson. What's McCole Hardman doing there? Anyway, side note. Yeah, they've got like four other guys. Yeah, I know. The Jets have a lot of receivers. Do you remember? Not like, messing around here. McCole Hardman totally went under the radar this offseason, but he's a decent player. Anyway. I, it, it was kind of big because it was like they got him and then they traded Elijah more like the next day. And like that was kind of the impetus to trade Oh, Moore. I thought they flipped basically Elijah Moore so Alan Lazard could fit on the roster. It was for Hardman? Yes. They also, don't forget, have Randall Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah. That guy. They had a lot going on there. Yeah. Just uh, watch our tight ends. We're going to tight end all over you guys. Uzama. I, the Bills are actually good covering tight ends. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the running backs, and I'm worried a bit about Garrett Wilson. And just get worried about our defense, and we're going to sack 13 times tonight. Listen, they sacked Josh Allen a lot last year. So I, I'm a, I'm nervous about this game. I still think the Bills are a playoff team, but I'm nervous about this game. Let's go to Chris in Texas. Chris, what a weekend for you, pal. You got that right. Hook them horns, and how about them Cowboys? <laughs> what was more satisfying what win? Was it what the Cowboys? on the jerks. Wait, Chris, uh, no, what was the bigger horns. win? Okay, Longhorns. Longhorns over Alabama. What do you think? What, where, Where's this going with the Longhorns? College football uh, playoff? Well, I sure, I hope so. If they don't uh, get it in, they got to put this game behind them. And just move on. That's a great point. They cannot read their headlines now because they had the Big 12 schedule ahead of them. They should run this table and be in the Final Four, but you can't. You know, I saw Xavier Worthy signed a huge NIL deal today. I'm a little worried about that. You know how Texas is? <laughs> no, these guys are going to be fine. Sarkeesian's going to keep them in line. <laughs> oh, I love Sark, but I don't know. That's not my first thought. Chris, what was what was the response like with uh, the people? You know, paint the picture for us in Texas after the Longhorns when the when the clock showed triple zero. Oh. It felt like beating USC in that national championship game. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, really? That's how it felt for me because we knocked off Nick Saban <laughs> at home. Chris, you might send him into retirement, and then Alabama will be free to hire Deion Sanders. Chris, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate that. Not going to find a more happy Texan than Chris. I'm looking at the Texan Texas schedule. Uh, they have Wyoming. At Baylor, which could be tricky, tricky. Utah got really lucky to beat them. Kansas, Oklahoma, Houston, Kansas State. They should on paper run this, right? But 
Do you feel confident in them? I always get I, – it's hard for me to forget old Texas teams that have disappointed. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Texas's back used to be kind of like – Right. Said as sort of a dig, you know, sometimes. Like, oh, well, just wait, you know. You might have this win, but it doesn't really mean anything. I think now it does. I mean, I I th- and I thought Ewers played well. I didn't think he was amazing, and I thought he, I thought they were great. But you were right about this. They won that game in the trenches. They oh. were pushing Alabama around. Oh, like the defensive line. They were the more dominant team. Totally stuffed them. Yeah, they, listen, TCU ran this conference last year and lost sixty-two-seven in the final game. So there's no excuse for Texas not their number. They moved up to number four. I think it's really exciting. Then again, I just, I hope, I mean, real, like, I know there's something that people say in sports media, don't read your own headlines. Like, don't buy into the hype. Quinn Ewers, because they were so hungry for this game against Alabama. Could you feel it coming into there? Definitely. If they play like that all the time, they're really dangerous. I also thought there was a lot of restraint on the broadcast. I don't think they mentioned Arch once. Maybe once. They said something quickly about Arch. Oh, is, was Arch, did Arch dress? Yeah, he did dress. He was there. You only saw him for a second. They didn't do like a whole Arch Manning thing. Not that I saw anyway. I might have missed it, but I didn't see like a whole lot of Arch Manning love. Well, it's third string. I totally understand that. Yeah, and, but still, I mean, ESPN's like, you know, in business with both of his uncles. Yeah. I mean, yours was such a big deal. For what Arch is the biggest recruit since 10 years. Ewers was not far behind. He was really famous before he got there. Man, there has never been more emphasis put on someone getting a haircut. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Since Samson. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, he also lost 15 pounds. You know, he... I, I like the old make, hair so much better. No, but they make these... Like, he really clean, matured, you know, cut out the bad food and bad soda and stuff uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Uh, it, that was his first touchdown pass over 35 yards, that long bomb he hit, so... He's better than again. I don't know. He looks like he's twelve with a new haircut. Grow the hair back. If you <laughs> could, if you were his girlfriend, what would you tell him hair wise? Uh, I I don't know if I want to date a mullet. To be honest, I think I'd tell him to keep keep it high and tight. Seventeen year old Maggie in Binghamton, New York, would I date a mullet? <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't have many options. It was mullet or nothing. Uh, let's get to our shot of the day. And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. And a big shout out to our pal Lee Einsidler, huge Green Bay Packer fan. Oh, yeah. He was very happy with how Jordan Love and the Packers defense uh, looked against the Bears. And that dominance continues. Today's shot of the day comes from earlier. Uh, yes, I have jumped on the Oregon bandwagon. I almost ran it off the road against Texas Tech. <laughs> the sheer force of me joining the bandwagon, but it's okay. Oregon wins. Whew. And we talked a little about the duck suit. I'm like, oh no, did Maggie jinx the Oregon Ducks? <laughs> How nervous were you on Saturday? Extremely nervous. I thought if they lose to Texas Tech right oh, after I declared my allegiance, I'd blame me. I was nervous. I'm just curious if you were watching the Ducks game in your duck suit. I'm not saying I wasn't wearing the suit, but the suit lives at the studio. Do people put it on? When I'm not around. Do you mean in an erotic sense? Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> Please, God, no. Break. <laughs> I hope no one's putting on it. Quack, First of all, quack. <laughs> who's getting turned on by a duck? I don't want to know the Another answer. Another duck. Oh, God. Ah. I mean, why is somebody going to be creeping around wearing that costume unless something weird? This segues so perfectly yeah. into something else that happened today. And I know that that sounds a little bit weird. Mm. But I had the craziest moment driving my kid to school this morning. You know, sometimes like on your GPS, you'll see like the symbol for things like restaurant or hotel or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
So I see this thing like symbol for a place called Sky Farm Inc. And it's like a hotel symbol. Hmm. Like, man, there's a hotel around. Sky Farm Inc. I never heard of it before. I've driven this route every single day. And it's like a hotel. I'm like, man, I don't know. A hotel's like, you know, a couple miles away from my kid's school. I look it up. It is the world, the country's oldest nudist community. What? Less than five miles away from my house. Why the world's oldest nudist community would be in the suburbs of New Jersey, I do not know. Apparently, it was founded in like 1932. That feels real old for a nudist community. They were doing nudists back then. As long as there aren't nudists who are still there from 1932, <laughs> I'm okay. There might be. A couple of holdovers, <laughs> stragglers, really old nudists. So people, people go like, and stay there, make reservations. You spend yeah. a week there being nude. It's got five stars, guys. There's got all these reviews on Yelp. You don't see like random people nakedly walking down the street. By well, your now homes? now everyone's a suspect. <laughs> go to the bagel place. I'm at the Thai place picking up my t- my takeout order. I'm well, like, wait, you, wait. you, you, you. No, Could no, be no, anybody. No, no. But they would be nude if they were part of the. Nude. Are you saying they get dressed to go to the bagel store? I think that you got to get dressed. To go out in suburban New Jersey to pick up your pizza, you can't show up naked. Meanwhile, you get reviews like this. Beautiful grounds, well-kept. Pool and hot tub setting is fabulous, and everyone's really friendly. I'm sure they are. Friendliness is the number one thing that I seem to see on these reviews. That's weird that they have a hot tub there. I wouldn't have predicted that. (laughs) The pool. I see a foosball table. I... (laughs) My husband had this conversation. What's the toughest part? Like, what's the, I don't say grossest. I'm not trying to be judgmental. Do you, everybody? It's a members only type of thing. They're not out there recruiting kids and stuff. It's fine. But I, he thought the eating would be the most uncomfortable part about the nudist colony. I thought the mm. recreational sports. Like crumbs and stuff in places you don't <laughs> want crumbs. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So what would be harder to eat like, Taco Tuesday yeah. or the badminton match? Yeah, I'm not making a hot dog joke. Yeah, uh, this one shuttlecock joke. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, this Hello. one, Rhonda said on. She said it's the greatest place on earth where you can be yourself in a peaceful setting without being judged. Very friendly members, and I felt the connection. And here we are judging them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I a little, but now uh, it's I like I, this is within five miles of my house. How am I supposed to process this information? Like, what would you do? And don't say ask for a tour. I'm not asking for a tour. <laughs> I don't want to know. It's not my thing. Uh, and that's yeah. where we'll have to leave it. I would just avoid it altogether. Just, just find pretend a new, like it never happened. Find a new route. <laughs> a new route. It's bits deep in the trees. You know, it's not. You can't see it Ugh. from the road. Uh, thank you to Mike Samter. Thank you to Stu Kovacs. The Weedos and the Purple Drinkers. You guys showed out today. The callers as well. Enjoy Jets' bills. We'll see if I have a meltdown tomorrow.